Yo, yo, yo. What's happening? Happy Sunday. Welcome Welcome to Sunday Night Service. Welcome to Sunday Night Service. It's here, it's on, and it's popping. The testimony service is now open. If you have a testimony, saints, if you want to give glory to God, if you have a song on your heart, uh, if the Lord's been good to you, come on, don't don't you all jump up at once. You ought to be up like popcorn. And don't just give glory to God, honor the you gotta honor the pastor. Honor the pastor, first lady, missionaries, the mothers of the house, the ain'ts and the saints, saints and friends, the deacon board. Mm-hmm. You know, trustees, it, trustees. You know, you all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm good. You good? <laughs> yeah, I'm well, man. I'm well. How was service today, Doc? You know what? Service was was wonderful. It, it, it was good. Uh, had a wonderful. Uh, morning and an afternoon well not afternoon 10 a.m service i i say it more and more every time you know now that we've gotten used to these time constraints i don't think i can tolerate any long church services ever in life anymore can't tolerate them i think mine i think mine keep on getting shorter i'm like what in the world (laughs) (laughs) it's like i'll I'll get back to it next time i just preach one point from now on that's enough that's you, it. That's you just it, stop the it. choir and be like, that's enough. We heard it. We we know what this song say. <laughs> we we know what they're about to say. We got it. What's up, Rashad? Good to see you, Pastor Tatum. Uh always good to see you, our Berean sister. Uh uh Sister Chisholm, good to see you, Christina. God bless oh my you. God. Yes, yes, yes. Good yes. to see you. You, you. you already know we got a special guest today, so I want you to like and share and comment and tag somebody and tell them to pop on and, and check us out. Religiously Incorrect Podcast is live for July 18th. Uh, we're fresh, you know, these aren't summer reruns. Jeff, we are on the job. We are on the job, we here. No warned know. over jokes, you know, this is all fresh material. We've been all we've fresh. been in the studio, you know, working with our writer's room so that Getting we can bring hat. We could bring our millions of viewers, you know, the the entertainment they deserve. The real, raw, and the uncut. It's all so, coming to you fresh. So, Jeff, speaking of summertime, it is open house season. Open house. It's open oh house season. Uh, now, I've been told in some of our out-of-the-area, uh, if some of our out-of-the-area individuals can tell us that open houses are pretty uh unique to certain areas of the country and everybody doesn't have open houses so some of you that don't know what open house is it's basically a graduation party for and now and i'm starting to wonder now why we call it an open house the more i say that word that's because they open they open to take your money (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm starting to wonder where that term came from because you know an open house is usually like a new building or business and a school or something or you know i guess if you're selling a, a home so well, well I, I think i think i don't don't correct me if i'm wrong and i may he's be about to give a biblical answer it's about he's about no. to get the greek and hebrew <laughs> of open house in the aramaic <laughs> the greek translation of the, the greek word translation of the word is uh no no but i i, I thought it was because uh when those who couldn't afford to pay for a graduation they would just have it at their house and people were open to come over to the house 
and just bless you made that up. You made I'm, that up, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not you made that up. You it made is, that man. Up. But I'm just saying that's I know that's what mine was. My mama couldn't afford to have no party. So we had over my aunts and it was open for people to come through. Okay, well, my parents could afford to have a party and they still had it in their front yard. Uh that's because you wasn't allowed to have no parties. <laughs> Wasn't no partying going on or at the Johnson house. Ain't gonna be no dancing up in here. <laughs> Ain't gonna be no dancing. But uh yeah, so open house is broke season for most pastors and preachers because now I can say this year I know and am proud of all the young people that graduated uh from our church. But <laughs> Sometimes you get introduced to some new members around open house time. Well, so, sometimes. Well. And I do encourage, I know that, I think I've said this before, but I know that 16 and 17 years are definitely sort of your independent years for your teenagers. They start doing their own thing. Kind of hard to keep them up under the church. But I do tell our young people, hear me, y'all. I'm putting you up on free church game. If you want the saints to bless you, Please be sure you show up to church right around that season. You know, if you want to remind them, wear like your senior T-shirt on Dress Down Sunday just to (laughs) drop a hint or two. You know, make sure you tag your graduation photos, your senior photos, tag some saints, you know, volunteer to, uh, you know, say the prayer on Youth Sunday about a couple, about a month before. You know, just... I'm just putting you up on some free game because sometimes we start putting those flyers up and, uh, you know, you you can hear the Saints and it's like, who, who, whose kid is that? <laughs> whose child is that? I ain't, oh, him, I ain't seen him in a month of Sunday. Right, right, I, right, right, right. In a month of Sundays. Yeah, another church phrase that doesn't make sense. In a month of Sundays. Okay, let's just get the – everybody watched my four-wheeler video and now people think I'm some kind of reckless driver. Uh, so – you don't need insurance in the country, by the way. You don't need insurance out there. Listen, y'all, Todd is not reckless. I am. <laughs> I'm the reckless one. <laughs> Jeff almost got all of us shot one time out there in the country. So, yeah. He, he, I'm the one who rides the motorcycle every day. <laughs> right, right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, okay. So, so here, here, here's a question, Todd. Here's a question. What is the going rate, uh, you know, with, with, with inflection and, 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 and you know, inflation and all that stuff what's the going rate for for graduation open houses now you can't go no lower than 50 at this point man you know you can't can't go no lower than 50 them days of slipping ten dollars in a card is over man them days (laughs) i don't even want to do cards i'm like yo just just shoot me your cash app bro that's your cash app right there that's it the cash app call today but can't go no more than you know 50 if they're like a very close friend family and by the way can we can we say one more thing we do love and will bless all of our children. I don't know if kids or parents get out there and comparing and contrasting, but th- there might be children who are uh, more beloved, often because they're more involved. Absolutely. And don't get into that, well, they didn't show up or they didn't celebrate me the way they did mine, or if I'm a lot closer to the family, maybe you just bump them a little bit extra. You know, you're dropping them a Benjamin or whatever, but don't don't play the comparison game. Parents, be honest with yourselves. Be, be honest with yourselves. You know, if you brought them kids or, or if them kids came yeah, to church, yeah, you know, you, if they, you, know. you know, if they was in the Christmas play. <laughs> Listen, I kid you not. 
one time a minor debate broke out, and I think it was regarding a trip. And it, you know, now it comes to who's eligible, who can go on the trip. I kid you not. I said, I'm gonna solve this real quick. I went back to all the services we had online, the last year of youth services, and I took screenshots oh. of the youth choir and the youth would sit in the seats and do everything. I said, if you see faces up in this picture, they can go on the trip. It tells the tale. That says it. That's I don't want to hear no arguments. We've been recording our services forever. You screenshot that joker. You show me maybe they're there at least 30% of the time. At least if you see them in a picture at least four times out of these 12, there it is. The problem was, no. Todd, the problem was when you came out, you ain't say, y'all come on out there from out the back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> out the back. Y'all come on. That's our running joke. Come on up. I know. I see y'all out there. We're trying to have church in here. <laughs> the ghosts, they're angels. <laughs> but, you know, Jeff, this is only going to become more challenging, and we're going to jump off and invite our guests, but this is only going to become more challenging as families do not engage their youth in church as much. But like everything else, funerals, you know, assistance, whatever, there's going to be this desire that because they have some attachment or some familiarity with the church, that the church should still, and again, personal relationships might not, might be there, but as far as institutional support, I don't know. I I've, I know of churches that want to give out scholarships, don't have any youth in their church to give them give scholarships to. Absolutely, yes, sir. And, you know. and then, you know, we have to also look at the, fact that over the last year we, we dealt with COVID. Most churches weren't in service actually. And you know, how do you tell them? I know you wasn't online, boy. <laughs> I, know, I know you did not get well, a pass. This year you get a pass. This year you get a pass. You know, I, I could give it this year. You know, we could have done things and, and, and there might have been some innovative churches that did some things like, hey, here's a check-in or we're gonna do special online activities or or make sure you you know, punch at least one comment in during the service or what have you. And, and that helps to, you know, regulate that. But but I, I will say because I am a champion of the church and I know that we come in all shapes, sizes, dispensations and dispositions. I will say that once again, the church, when we don't engage in the body of Christ, the local church and in particularly our black community, we and our families are missing out on valuable resources and connections and networking and blessings that come from the church. And our children are benefit from being a part of the church body and being one of those church kids. I'm running into all the time, you do too, Jeff, people you were just raised around who were just proud of you, saw you come up, taught you Sunday school, you know, and, 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 and wanna see you uh, doing well. So get your kids in church get your kids and in then church. maybe they'll get some money from the pastor. Before you do the, uh, do the announcement uh, or add, I just want to say, uh, God bless you. Dr. Rains is out there. I know you've been waiting all week. I just want to tell you, thank you for joining the pregnancy club. I, I do appreciate it. It, you know, your, your wife is currently pregnant and uh, you know, it's just good to know that I'm not alone in this thing. It's just good to know. <laughs> that I'm no not way. alone in having the babies. So thank you for joining. I know there's many, many more out there who have just decided, you know, it's time to have another child. So you know what, Jeff, when you're up at 2 a.m. Uh, and the baby is screaming, you're going to be all by yourself. 
Okay. You're going to be all by yourself. Nope. I'm calling you, Doc. No, no, listen. <laughs> I'm be like, you, you better put Jesus on the main line. Uh, but we want to hit our, our, our ads up real quick and thank our sponsors, the proud sponsors of Religiously Incorrect, uh, before we invite our guest in. So I want all of you to help me celebrate uh, the proud sponsors of Religiously Incorrect, the Phillips Care family of businesses, beginning with Phillips Care Cleaning Service, residential and commercial cleaning, basic cleaning, floor cleaning, deep cleaning, cleaning, carpet upholstery, wood floor, move in, move out. Don't waste your time trying to do it yourself. Let them do it. Or as I prefer to say, they clean up the mess that causes you stress. Call my man, Fernando, at 330-219-7916. Matter of fact, I need to call him to do some clean out our church garage and some other areas we need to have fixed. And guess who I'm going to call? I'm going to call Phillips Care LLC Cleaning Service, serving Trumbull, Mahoning, and surrounding areas. And while you're at it, if you need some outdoor work done, if you need grass cutting or mulching or or uh, clean up around your property, check out Phillips Care Lawn Services. They've been in business for over 10 years and they are the real deal spring fall cleanup, bi-weekly, weekly mowing, edging, trimming, everything you can think of that has to do with the great outdoors. Once again, hit up my man Fernando at Phillips Care LLC on Facebook or call 330-219-7916. Again, we thank you, Phillips Care family of businesses, for being a proud sponsor of Religiously Incorrect. And if you have a business and you'd like to be a sponsor, reaching an audience of millions who will come to know your product and your business. <laughs> I'm just speaking it by faith. All right. Speak those things as though they were. If you want to get, get, grasp this international audience, this interstellar, intergalactic audience and advertise with us, make sure you uh, email us at religiouslyincorrectpodcast at gmail.com or inbox our page. Listen, I'm going to let Pastor Stanford do the honors. Uh, our guest, we are watching you in the in the green room. You have to give the official guest preacher pose while we introduce you. You know how you do it. You we, the official right, guest right. preacher pose. Go ahead, Pastor Jeff. All right, today we have a guest that really, uh, for those of us from Youngstown, Warren, Columbus, and all throughout the tri-state area, we, we, you do not need introduced, but we have with us the apostle, Darren Thomas, who is the... Whoop pastor of uh, Rebirth Worship Center, along with his beautiful wife, Pastor Sonia Thomas. Come on, y'all. Let's give a great big hand clap of praise. Religiously incorrect. Apostle. Give it to our studio. Whatever we got. How you doing, Pastor Darren? I'm good. How you brothers doing tonight? We are well, man. Thank you so much for being with us on tonight, man. Thank you so Glad much. Glad to be on the team. Yes, sir. Glad yes, to be sir. on the team. I said this in the green room and I'm, I'm gonna say it again in front of everybody. Uh, when we grow up, we wanna have the Professor X backdrop like you have. We want, <laughs> we want to be the head of the X-Men. <laughs> I know there's some message behind that. I know there's probably some deep words that are no, not gonna stop, no. stop. But no, you're, you're coming professional. We appreciate you being with us. Uh, just tell us what's been happening. We don't want no bio. We don't want a bio today. Just what's been happening in Darren Thomas's life in the last few years, this season of life. What's going on with you, bro? Not a whole lot. Just doing what I do. You know, we pastor. So we take care of people. Uh, still love music. Still love to uh, try to keep as much of my hand in that kind of thing as much as I can. Loving grandparenting. 
I guess uh, ah, showing yeah. that I'm the oldest one in the room yet again, but uh, loving grandparenting and that those type things. And just uh, it's that season where I love life. I'm loving living life. Awesome. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. One, one grandchild, right? One grandchild. All right. One. I That's got all to, we I, need right now. I got to beat doc. I got two. So we, we doing all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got to be, we got to listen. I love it. I love it though. I mean, you, you have, you, you literally, um, have done so many phenomenal things. Um, as far as music is concerned, uh, the last time I actually done something with you, I was, we were doing a youth, uh, conference at union Baptist church and you, I was the speaker that night and, uh, Mount Calvary was the, uh, was the guest singers that day and uh yeah. you came and you i didn't even want to preach after you was done man i was just like you yeah, know what that, that, that's, that, that's that's enough that's enough we, we done but uh you know how how was the music coming along you are you working on anything right now uh at the moment i'm doing uh doing something for christmas uh that i'm excited about a nice merge of like uh african gospel kind of fusion that comes together. I'm calling it sacred and soul. Cause there's a part, you know, there's a part of Christmas that is sacred. You love, you know, sing the, the, all the, the, the hymns or, or the songs about, uh, baby Jesus and thus and so, but then there's also a part of Christmas that's a vibe and, you know, you like those sounds in the background while you cooking or while you're driving down the road. So it's, it's that balance. So that, uh, the, those who like the sacred side, you can enjoy that. Those who love the uh, the soul side is just good listening music. Something to just, you know, drive down, pop your head just a little bit. Wow, oh, that sounds awesome. Now, are you going to do like half the track sacred and like the second half soul? Or is it a mixture within each song, like some of each or? No, we, we're going to split it. It's like we're going to do the sacred ones. And then uh, after that, pull up and, and do the soul song. So, so the, saints uh, can, the saints can cross out the soul stuff and say, this ain't, this, <laughs> this right. ain't about baby Jesus. <laughs> they'll, they'll exit out after track four. But right, right, right. Yeah, this ain't about the law. We don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it, it's, you know, I, I can only go so deep. So it's like uh, just some nice, just nice uh, listening music. Just nice listening right. music. Sometimes it is about a vibe. Absolutely. Well, doing what you've done over the years, and, and you have been uh, an innovator and uh, someone that many of us have looked up to, and a part of that crew of people, some, you know, world famous and others who have had impact, but not necessarily, you know, on the Grammys every year of watching the sound of worship transition, exploring new sounds, exploring uh, lyrical presentation, the oratios, uh, you know, the, the, I'm sorry, I said it wrong. Say it for me. Or it. Or oratorio. 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 Okay. I, I yeah. said it wrong. I apologize. You're good. How have you seen the church embrace and maybe even loosen up a little bit and embrace new sounds? Not just saying Kirk and we can boogie, but just in general, you know, how have you seen people just accepting more than the hymn, more than the choir selection, and allowing artists like yourself to really express yourselves? I, I think that that it depends on, you know, like the motif of the church, you mm -hmm. know, there's some churches that are traditional and I don't fight them. It's like you got to be your DNA. So if that's you, you know, do that. But there are a, a number of churches at the same time that are getting into 
a myriad of expressions because at the end of the day it's like every you know every gift is not going to be the same and mm -hmm. so i love when churches have a great cross-section of of creative or artistic music because then that gives platform for people so that um so that my son who writes music who does not write like me does not have to feel that he's got to write that song in order to be accepted on that platform build a platform and like let, let that work in that manner so i think i think it's more open now when i was coming up it was not open at all it was like a hymn it was the traditional gospel you know the the james cleveland ish style song then yeah. you know we got some leeway <clears throat> when it got when we got uh artists like john p key but i was an adult by then so it was it was too late but at least at that moment uh people started express uh allowing the fact that you can move and you can express and it's all in the banner of of uh worship nothing wrong about it love it love it love it. now you you uh but first of all 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 the listeners out there if you want to uh jump in and ask Darren a question, Pastor Thomas a question you can. You came from a, you know the singing, the worshiping and all that stuff. How did you how, did you have any trouble transitioning into a pastor uh over at Rebirth? Did you have any trouble uh going from being uh the musician, the singer to being a pastor? Uh not per se. I think there there was, you know, with anything there's a learning curve that you got to kind of get into that groove because you're finding what that's all about. I don't think anybody who even, if you can be like 100% call, you saw the burning bush and everything else, but you don't, <laughs> you don't dive into it and know all things about, you just got to get in that groove. So I had to get, find my groove, find my footing, but not particular, I wouldn't say not a particular problem. Uh, I embrace, I love transition. I think transition is a gift. Uh, I have never wanted to die as anything that I've ever been in my life. It's like, I refuse to be it my whole life. Mm -hmm. It's like, gotta be a transition so that I get to the next thing. And that helps to keep me young. I don't wanna be stagnant. I don't wanna be, you know, that that guy that's, you know, that says, well, well, let me, I'm not say that. I'm sorry. I just, uh, let me. No, no, we want to hear it. We want to <laughs> hear it. This is where preachers ruin their career. Come on. <laughs> you know, but, no, you know I, when you're in I, front I of your it. own church, there's certain things you get leeway. So oh, you yeah. get points. It's oh, like, yeah. I can say this here. But <laughs> right. on a public platform, it's like, uh, let me reel that, reel that back. back in. Reel it back. Yeah. Well, we have seen that and, and we have lamented that fact. I, I have often come to realize now being a PK uh, and a pastor now that everything we see in the life of ministry and ministers is not uh, an issue of ego as much as it is an issue of identity. And I think we have sort of misappropriated Well, every time a preacher refuses to change or gets stuck, quote unquote, stuck or or, or sort of does not step down or recognize the seasons or the times, it's because they're too egotistical to realize it when really their identity is wrapped up in what they're doing, what they know, where their comforts are. And, and even sociologically, we often all get stuck in our best phase or season in life. Whenever it was hopping the most, whenever it was popping, it's like that old uncle that won't leave the, the leisure suits alone, you know, because he was popping, 
back in the day. In the church, powder it can blue. be the same way. Yeah, powder blue dot, you know, matching shoes and belt. And the church can be the same way. If if the 70s were their decade, you have a hard time leaving the Hawkins alone, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, and we're going to see it too, which is a part of what we want to talk about is the realization that for those of us who represent the fresh new move or whatever new trends or new seasons have uh, occurred in the church, we are also going to have to face transition in the same way that we are looking at what might seem old and dusty to us now, we're going to get old and dusty one day. We're going right, to right. be out of date, irrelevant to somebody, struggling to keep up. And I think it's good for us to prepare for transition as a fact of life, a matter of life, that either we will proactively engage or we will reactively have to deal with. And, right, you know, whether it's... Right. Chasing the train down the street, like the train that left the station, and you better chase that right. stuff. Or you driving it. You know, it's either right. one of the or you riding in it. So uh talk about in your experience, because you've been serving, you don't look old, you don't come off, but you are a seasoned brother who has served in many phases and and in a great, wonderful ministry. Obviously, it's known, you know, under the great Bishop Norman Wagner and Calvary uh ministries and now pastoring and writing and as as somebody commented, Lady Dela Cruz, you were pastoring even your choirs. Uh, wow, that's why the truth. That, that yeah 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 <laughs> that that would be true. That, that's the truth. Uh, why do you think those of us in ministry, and not just pastors, we often just beat up on pastors, but why do you think the kingdom in general sometimes? struggles with transition and change. And I'm not talking about the same old, don't sing a hymn no more. I'm talking deeper than than that. I think in, in my, my opinion that there has to be, there has to be an understanding one, and I, you know, I'm not trying to flip that switch, but I, I believe that life uh, can never be discovered. It's gotta be revealed. And so mm. when, when you're constant, when you understand that life has got to be revealed to you, um, and then you get, and I know these might sound like theological answers, but they really are my pattern of thinking, is that if we're made in the image of God and God is inexhaustible, then at some point we have to see then so am I. And so there's so many layers to me that I'll keep having layers revealed and I'll keep manifesting things until my assignment is over and God calls me home. So if if you base your mind in that, you're not going to look to just, unless that would be your assignment. Uh, when I did the, um, when I did choir directing, I knew I was clocking. I talked to Bishop Wagner at 50. I'm out. I'm not, I love worship all of the above, but I'm not gonna be jumping up in front of the choir and waving like there's a transition that has to happen. So I didn't know what it was, but I knew we're gonna set a set an end date here because now if I if I don't seek my next revelation, then I'll be stuck in what you were uh, saying before, uh, Pastor Todd, and that is wherever my glory moment was, is that I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do that. And so now I am the choir director who's in the blue leisure suit, who is directing the choir that really doesn't know, hey, bro, time change. It's like, you would be better. Why don't you administrate? 
the department or why don't you function in a role that allows you to evolve but then builds a platform because you know that i was the 20 year old that needed the platform and as you guys identified at some point that next guy needs that opportunity so i don't want to take this platform up and i'm so on it that now i'm stopping progression wow. and that can happen as well and so we we gotta constantly seek that redefinition of of, of self-revelation so we understand who am i next yeah that's good that's good now you, you said something very powerful earlier you said that uh the church has to know its dna mm. can can a church know its dna is uh maybe old school or hymns and and and, and older songs but still transition into even you know maybe updating those type of hymns and 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 you know at least trying to uh associate with some of the younger crowd or bringing a younger crowd in without changing their DNA. How would you help a church out this trying to do that? Well, the one thing that a church uh, has definitely got to do in identifying that DNA is uh, what did God tell you to do? Who did he tell you to reach? Because your evangelism path is going to dictate how your church is structured. If you're called to um, say you're just called to uh, be an inner city pastor, that is, that's your work, then you can expose people to all forms, all genres of music. Yes, that's wonderful, that's good. But you better understand that your mission is dictating, uh, dictating your, 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 your structures. And mm. especially as it would, uh, especially as it would relate to your musical expression. What what did God tell you to do with your church? This, uh, there's a, a, a church uh, that I love up in Detroit. Um, one was uh, Bishop uh, uh, Charles Ellis's church. His dad used to be uh, David Ellis, Greater Grace. Mm -hmm. Greater Grace is churchy. I mean, they, you I, I love that church. You come in and you're going to rock and clap from the time you come in till the time you leave. They don't change from their DNA. And they went from building to building to building to building. Once you get that mission, this is who I'm called to. This is who I minister to. That's my vein. Like, hold your vein because that's going to be where you grow. If you try to be, if you try to be the, the, uh, the, the modern uh, praise and worship expression or the modern, uh, perhaps, um, uh ccm expression CCM, yeah then now you can be working against what did god tell you to do and who are you ministering to because that's how you're going to equip and again you can always expand and do other things but you have to be able to answer that uh as a pastor and when you don't you can if when you don't when you're well versed you can go in that church and tell they don't they don't know what their mission is because it's it's just it's just all over everywhere. the place all yeah. over the place yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you don't and know so and, and and forcing it you know like i i'm a i'm a force you know and we're gonna go in on this hymn then we're gonna go in on this rap song you know <laughs> then we're gonna fuck right. for jesus then i'm gonna prophesy to you <laughs> and then the church mother's gonna lay hands on everybody and i'm like whoa you know what <laughs> right right what, right right what just right. happened where am i i'm at the greater apostolic baptist faith mission uh <laughs> the well 
Stephen Furtick <laughs> and it's like a lot going on. And I, and I love that, that realization. That's something Pastor Jeff and I have spoken of frequently uh, of being more cognizant of, of chasing God's voice as opposed to chasing trends. Some mm -hmm. things gain more visibility and attention in certain seasons and eras, and certainly in the social media brief clip, it is so easy to be enamored and entangled in what seems to work for someone else and immediately say, okay, let me build that platform. Let me, let me create that vibe. Okay, turn the lights out, give me some glow sticks. You know, uh, I'm, 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 I'm preaching in some Air Force Ones now, <laughs> you know, and, but that's not me. I'm, I'm a suit wearing, suit and tie, stand right. behind exactly. the pulpit, flat foot preaching. And if I'm talking to a group of kids in a garage, I'm probably going to shift my style a little bit, obviously. But on my Sunday morning, I understand what second is and who we're called to be. And I even had to describe that to people who come to minister or maybe they're going to be a part of the staff. This is who we are. Absolutely. This is where we may be stretching in this season. But the core of who we are has to remain strong. And this isn't to keep offerings up or to please an old lady. It's because it is how God created us to be and, right. and to operate. And even the people who have been there in our old church, 105 years old, they will tell you even what I think has not changed, how much has changed just because of the influence yeah. of how God plants people. So what I cannot see, because I can envision myself doing that stage and lights thing, and I'm not doing it, but even the minor things to me are major to others. And it actually, mm -hmm. does, it doesn't just create stylistic shifts. It creates spiritual shifts in the church. And we can't, I think, especially those of us in a traditional mode, we can't discount or, or undervalue the spiritual shifts that don't always look like fireworks. It's not that we're not always going to see our church totally. It's not a Disney movie. I say it all the time. This is not a Disney movie where, you know, you get one God kiss and everything turns into Cinderella, you know, on you. Right, right, right. You might have expanded the minds of people who have been stuck in religious routine and never truly been impacted by the spirit of God. And you might not see them fall out and roll on the floor but they will take their faith so much more seriously, their witness so much more seriously, begin to testify that they truly are hearing from God. And, and, and maybe it never looks like what we might desire, but because we participated in their transition, uh, which brings me to a thought about the church as a whole, the body of Christ as a whole, reminds me, you know, Jeff and I are both sports fans, especially football and basketball. And one of the tragedies of a good team or, the, or a potentially good team is when they focus only on the starters and not the bench uh -huh. or only on the one or two superstars. And you talked about platform, but there's also a value to having depth in your church, just like depth on a team. And mm -hmm. a lot of teams that are successful these days are not the ones that just have one good guy who can dunk on everybody or run everybody over. Mm -hmm. They have done the work to build depth. And I think that we need to think about that. When you talked about sharing platform, we always think of a preacher. We always think of a music ministry. We don't think of the hospitality ministry. We don't think of the prayer warriors. We don't think of the intercessors. We don't think of the prophets. Mm -hmm. We don't think of those who are hearing from God. Talk to us about why it's good to be holistic about transition, not just leadership focus, not just pulpit focus. And, um, I think that the importance of that transition 
uh, one, if I can like go back uh, a line or two on what you said, because that that was actually uh, I love that flow. That's how uh, at least as an individual, my mind goes. When we used to uh, sing at Calvary back, Bishop Squire would sing every Sunday, and we would get there on Thursdays. Um, there would be some things that that I would have them in, engage in because. I wanted them to feel a sense of responsibility beyond just just singing and those type things. But when there would be a great move of God on Sunday, we would sit down, you know, with that that singer swag. When we would get back on Thursday, I would remind him, I said, listen, uh, do you see that lady on the fourth row? Her name is Sister Julia Brown. And I said, as strong as we're singing is as strong as she's praying. So the moment you feel that it was just my run, my song, my, mm. my, my volume that brought God in is when you're discounting the team and not understanding the reason why you executed that run was because she was laboring in prayer during mm. the service. So I wanted to, 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 to teach them that this is, this is about a, it's about a team effort so that there is that, uh, like you were talking about, I, I'm sorry, but I got way out of the lie. No, um, keep going. My, my, keep going. My, my younger brother, uh, I, I was going to say, my, my, my younger brother stayed in the sports line. So if y'all talk anything and y'all say one team, uh, y'all call us sports stats, I'm going to be sitting here like this. Because I, <laughs> I, I, um, I, I got out of the line. I was in the music line. I was in the music right, line. Right, right, right. I got out of the line. So I do know that uh, Kobe Bryant uh, played for the uh, uh You better get it right. You Celtics. better get it right. <laughs> no! 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 I know, I know, I know, I know. He played for Jeff the Lakers. about to fight you, he dog. He about to <laughs> No, he played, he played, he played. <laughs> He played for the Lakers. He played now for the Lakers. Talk. Now yeah. Jeff got to cut you out. He prefaced it. He prefaced it with he got out the line, so I, I let it go because he's he, all right. He, yeah. he wasn't Thank the line. You. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. But no, I think that you when we build up that peer respect in the house, then there becomes that understanding, and then um, in building that peer respect is attempting attempting rather to make as many duplications. At Rebirth, we're not a huge church, but one of the things that, uh, I got it from Bishop Wagner, I'm not gonna lie, um, that's, that's my spiritual father. But uh, at Calvary, the mic could come to your mouth at any time, mm. or you could come to the platform at any time. Uh, it could be the brother who was on the fifth row or the sister on the sixth row, and he would get done preaching and call him up to, What's God saying? How did God deal with you about that message? And to people that didn't get it, it may have seemed like a little bit uh, uh, boot campish or a little bit rough, but it taught that not only the preacher has value. It's like mm -hmm. somebody heard the message and they can internalize how it hit them and speak out. And that might be the particular, you know, aha moment that a whole demographic in the audience has versus it always just having to be the minister. So in my church, the same way is like we're, we're uh, seeking to always open up those platforms. It's just like, boom, what's God saying to you? Or I'm singing da 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 now you leave, I'm out. So that 
there's always this sense of like peer respect and then understanding that uh, there's more than just my gift in the house. Like I'm not it all. And I, I think I get that from choir directing more than more than anything else. It's like you can have a bad singer all day long, but it's like, sis, you bad. But this is this not a solo act. It's like we need the other nine people who cannot run and cannot, you know, uh, 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 produce this vocal powerhouse. But they're what's making the section. So we, we, we need them all. That's me. I'm the other nine people. <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> I'm the other nine. People. I'm the other nine. <laughs> you you know you um you said something about duplication, and I know personally you know when I was younger I I wasn't really in church. I didn't grow up in church. I wasn't the guy who was uh out of you know out there doing that. But I always knew somebody that went to Calvary. You know them just by the mm -hmm. way they talked. By the way, they act their 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 you know mannerisms. You know when they met, you know was uh, praise the Lord. It wasn't hey how you doing? And you like what's up? Hey praise the Lord. You know, but <laughs> it was, right, it was right. wonderful. I loved it. I loved it. You know, right? But, but you know, a lot of people have a problem with that type of uh, what we call duplication. Or or I I think you should in somehow in some part in some responsibility you should almost act. You know, you you get mannerisms off your father. That DNA is passed down. Um, what has been passed down to you from Bishop that you now take with you and, and that you you know instill in in those who are who are now up under you? De definitely, definitely that sense of theological intellect, like the the word, like digging and understanding what that word is moving away from traditional knowledge to like uh actual um and and not just talking about revelation knowledge because that's another subject sometimes that that can go uh, left of center but just in digging into theology like what the bible is talking about what 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 is this meaning what is it stating so that particular element Outside of, of that would be my, for me, what I feel is my biggest takeaway where somebody will come and say like, man, um, I don't always recognize that I'm just doing me, but sometimes it's like, man, it's like the way you dug that out reminds me of your pastor. So I'm like, oh, well, great. Like, thank you. Like, I'm not going to turn that down. I'm like, I, I'm a son. So I want to be like that in that way. But I, the other thing is when you understand um, what the true what the true definition of apostolic is, and this is beyond you know my church knows me by now and knows when I call up that word, the last thing I'm talking about is denominational to me because like the word is biblical. It's like I respect those who call their denomination that. No problem. I was one, but we're talking about biblical. The most powerful thing about the definition of apostolic when you get to that Hebrew rendering of that word is the fact that it is the power of the sender that is placed on the personality traits of the one being sent. So there's a guy that is in my church that said, the last thing I want you to do is try to go get whatever you get, light treatment, electrolyte, I don't know what you do. You have tattoos. It's just like, 
you're not less powerful because of them. Because whatever your personality trait is, whatever your presentation is, that power rests on that. So if you dap them up in the church, that's a part of your personality. I don't want you all of a sudden to be greetings. How are you? It's like, right. stop that. That's yeah. not your DNA. Now, you know, obviously, you know, there's, if you need to, 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 to become more proficient in something, to advance something forward, yeah, we get all that. But we're talking about when a person, they just got that, they, that presentation, that's how they are. I want you to do that because I'm gonna be sending you to a demographic that you are called to and there's that platform again. As the pastor, I'm not called to be all things in the church to all people. And it's like, I refuse to be. So it's like, I need to build a platform. So when that guy comes in, I need you to go in the back, dap him up and talk about those, those uh, sneakers that he's got on and just get to know him and lead him in that way. Whereas my decorum is a little bit more in a sense, like, as you see me now, I don't think I'm the most humorous person. I don't think I'm the cool guy. It's like, I'm me in my vein. This is who I am. But when you understand that, then you can allow <coughs> those other areas in the house to flourish. And it's okay to be, in a sense, the president and call people to your cabinet to service your weaknesses. Huh, yeah. So that then you've got people that can do those functions. It doesn't have to be any one person and that creates the platforms. I feel it. I feel it. That was that that was excellent. You know, and and going through I and, and we just answered one of Mark Rain's questions. I want to ask one other person and one other question that was asked uh, from Jeanette McFadden, one of our viewers. She asked regarding the church, the worship of a house, does church denomination dictate its worship music? Example, Baptist only singing Baptist, Methodist singing Methodist, etc. And then she says the Holy Spirit not allowed to enter in. Um, I'll let you tackle that. I mean, that can be sort of a panel kind of a situation, but we'll let uh, Pastor Thomas talk on that first. Um, I think that 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 when when you look at that presentation of music, you know, uh, we definitely understand that there can be certain styles that kind of become indicative with a denomination or a group of people. I don't I don't necessarily feel like that is negative. It's like we get it. It's like a, a Pentecostal church sounds like a Pentecostal church, traditional one. A traditional Baptist church sounds like a traditional Baptist church. Um I guess my open-mindedness about it is always going to lead me back to that question. I cannot I cannot, this is the first half of that question I'm looking at. I cannot fault it without understanding its DNA and its mission. Because sometimes I am in a traditional church as a contemporary worshiper, and I gotta understand, stop trying to change the house, change your worship venue, mm. and is God sending you to a place where That's now your spirit connects with that particular expression and stop calling everything that happens within that church that this doesn't happen. This is, it's like, if this is a traditional quote, what we would call traditional Methodist church, and you're looking for a, huh? It's like, it's not that that cannot happen there. I, you know, like I have no gloves on, but perhaps instead of trying to change the whole liturgy, 
of the, the, the particular church, do you fit in another house of worship that fits your expression? And then be bold enough to be bold enough to make that change if that's if that is uh, uh, the scenario and how you feel when it comes to uh, not allowing the Holy Spirit to come in. That that's that's just a big one because that has to be qualified in so many different veins. It's just so many different veins. You've got a pastor who is a very powerful person. We got to look at what he or she is comfortable and what their expression is we have to look at what are we taught what are we calling the move of the spirit right because again you know i don't mean to like you know i got out of the sports line and i got in the bible line so it's just like it's this that's just me but you remember and you both you are our our preachers so you know i'm talking to the choir but you remember that hophni and phineas took the ark of the covenant into the battle against the Philistines and Israel went up. Uh And the Bible even said they went up in a shout. Only problem was God was not present. It's it's it. Sometimes there's a qualification that comes with that because you heard clamor, because you saw movement, because you saw running, there is a part of worship that is emotional and that's not incorrect it is emotional but you have to have an awareness of the motivator behind the emotion so that you can know is this a god moment and everybody's shouting or is this momentum has now picked up in the house and now the house is shouting but this is momentum god came in but he since now went to this manifestation and so I'm saying that to say when we talk about the Holy Spirit not being allowed to move, that's that's big. Like that's a specialist question. We have to go into whose church is this? What was happening? What day was on? What was happening there? Because right. we just can't say like, oh yeah, it was wrong. The spirit ought to move. And and a lot of that I think has to do with the person who perceives in their own mind, from their own viewpoint, from their own spiritual maturity or lack thereof. And the idea of false spiritual maturity and discernment, because you have been a part, and often these are people who have not necessarily dictated atmospheres, but have benefited from them. And then they walk into other atmospheres and expect the same, not knowing the diversity of worship that exists in God's kingdom. And let's just be clear, especially in those of us in the westernized church, we and the black westernized church, we have very small minds about worship and what it means for God to move. We only know two or three styles. That, that's all mm-hmm. we know. And then when the CCM, the more soaking worship, the prophetic worship really came about, that we just act like all of our minds were blown and that's just it. And then, mm-hmm. then we start stepping on the worship that bridged us over to it, that often had deep spiritual and theological meaning that maybe those mothers and fathers didn't quite understand all they were saying and doing, yet God graced them to do it. And some churches still carry that DNA and the spirit's still moving, but because it does not look like a five-hour tarrying service or everyone's not prophesying to each other or it's not open mic night. And and I want to be clear, I I so appreciate and celebrate uh, the fact that there are atmospheres where that that freedom to share, to do it. Uh, But if a house isn't, in that vein, it does not mean they're inferior. Some pastors know full well what somebody might get up and start saying, and that's why they don't get the mic. 
and and there's mm-hmm. instability immaturity and and my background coming from very a very free worship uh holy ghost you know prophetic atmosphere growing up uh exercising all of the gifts of the spirit the fivefold ministry and going to a traditional baptist church and watching god move in awesome ways and then watching people not appreciate how he's moving because it doesn't look like the atmosphere i came from and and i understand people will say well find a house and this and that but i've been saying something to my church frequently and i really expected even though those of us who are more spiritually mature and or at least claim to be so where does our spiritual maturity come in to play if we are so far advanced then we shouldn't be frustrated if we were doing trigonometry by a little bit of addition and subtraction and i worry about people who claim to be praisers and worshipers and then walk in the houses and suddenly say i can't praise god here i can't go in here i can't worship here and i'm sitting here like unless there's literally a demon sitting on the pulpit that is where, mm. wh- where's all this power that you only seem to have around your friends it's like a tough guy who's only tough around his gang right mm. you know when i'm with my gang i'm tough but when i'm by myself or i go back to grandma's church and i'm not asking you to turn into a prophet in the middle of reverend willie jackson's you know sermon right, I'm not right. Asking you to turn, but but you didn't get nothing that that, that song yeah. nothing about god's goodness you, you didn't feel the word the spirit moving when someone is not starting a prayer line i i became bothered by that uh knowing that there's a beauty and a richness of worship that even I, as a young man, was overlooking and not only dismissing, but disrespecting. And Mm -hmm. I felt like I I learned that I had disrespected God by not respecting the diversity of worship. And I'd been stuck on style and equating style with spirit. Mm -hmm. If it's this style, once upon a time, you weren't churching unless you were banging a B3. Mm-hmm. Now we're not worshiping unless strings are playing for three hours and we have a certain contemporary sound and we're hitting those certain fourths and six and you got to hit those certain because that's what it's got to be. And I'm wondering when the church, especially those of us who have been around for a while, are going to grow up and and stop dishonoring. And I hate to talk like this, but stop dishonoring uh, not only what brought us over, but what is also still providing the undergirding of what the church stands on today. Uh, most of us who are more advanced would not have been advanced without the foundations we were given. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And if you rip them out, we're, we're collapsing. Absolutely. And and I, I worry about that. And Pastor Jeff, I don't know if you wanna add anything to that, that idea that if Baptist sounds Baptist, the Holy Ghost ain't there. If Methodist sounds Methodist, if you sing the four verses of the hymn and end the song, Holy Ghost wasn't there. You know, there's a movie, um, The X-Men, where, where the guy, he was- uh, We are not gonna leave this X-Men theme today, no. by the way. No, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, I forgot we are about going in. We are going in on this X-Men thing. I forgot about that. But but, <laughs> but honestly, um, there's a guy there who who makes fire. And he, mm-hmm. he, he lights his fire and, and the guy tells him, Magneto tells him, you're a God among men. He says, listen, I can't create the fire. I can only manipulate it. And I think that's very powerful because there are a lot of people who can manipulate the fire when it's there. Mm-hmm. If there's fire, mm-hmm. they can manipulate, you know, the 
speaking in tongues and running around the church, but to come into a church and just create the fire, they can't seem to do it. And that's why they get frustrated in some of these historically uh, Baptist traditional, churches. Yeah, traditional, church, traditional yeah, churches. Yeah, traditional churches. And you know, you know, I'm, I'm a lot like you, Pastor Todd. I, you know, I was, you know, I love that going in and, you know, and have, but, you know, I, I was last week, it, matter of fact, it was last week where, um, mm-hmm. you know, our musician was late. And so I just went back to grandma them church and I sang, holy, 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 Lord God mm-hmm. almighty. And the church went, it, it just went, it was like, this is what they've been waiting for. <laughs> this, this is what they, just those couple verses, that little bit, and they loved it because it's, it's the DNA. It's what they want. And so I, I don't think we, we can, we, you know, we have to understand the, the applause of man is not the same as the approval of God. Right. So let's stop, let's stop, you know, going in and, and putting people down for not praising the way you praised. And I think there's an honesty we have to, as I said earlier about style and styles will come and go and certain expressions will be prevalent as indicative of how God is moving and speaking because it's attached to something dynamic that has occurred either either in our own lives or in something in a broader sense, how God is moving through his churches and sweeping through. There is a certain, like you said about the words of a song, you know, I was not deep into hymns before I got the second Baptist. Now I know all of them. I mean, all of them. Mm Mm-hmm. I literally told somebody, yeah, you missed God right in verse three. It was right there in the third verse. You missed it. Tears were rolling down my face. And it's the same old deacons. We did not update it, remix it. I didn't have Jennifer Hudson singing it. It was the same. But if you were actually tapped into what God is saying and how he's ministering to you and how the words, the, the lyrics, some of the stuff we are reading, I mean, it's it's been said and been said well. It's been right. said and said well. Far better right. than some of some of us can can come up. You know, right. we literally saying, I love to praise him this morning. Right. I literally started. Bro, I turned around and looked at the praise team and said, Y'all see this? Do y'all see these saints? We could pray right. d- cancer off somebody after we sung this song. You didn't went through Ezekiel's wheel in the middle of the wheel. You didn't went through right. the Jew. I mean, you didn't went through all the prophets in the Old Testament right. in one old devotional song. Right, right, if right. Your spirit is waiting for all right. When's the real worship going to start? Meaning, when is a certain style going to be released? When is a certain sound that I've been hearing in my favorite worship CD in my car and We've talked about this before, and doggone it, it's a good time to bring it back up. Now I heard something, experienced something, and now I'm walking somewhere expecting that to be duplicated. Some move that happened at T.D. Jake's convention, something I experienced at PIP in 97, something that I, now that Juanita Bynum, now I want you to duplicate some anointed expression, prophetic flow and I show up to my church on, you know, you know, by the side of the road where I've committed to being a member. And I'm wondering, how come you don't sound like uh, Todd Hall? Why is it this a Darren Thomas moment? Why aren't we having? Di- well, because there's anoint- an anointing and a sound on every house. And God is speaking that, through that, that. If if I jump in right there. Go that ahead. Is another, that's another foundational brick. 
that sometimes that causes i have i have very few bad church moments like it has to be like almost like you said like all right i could not like catch a move there because all right there there the demon was on the fourth row so that's like one out of ten thousand every other one of those church services i am going to enjoy myself because it's appreciating it's appreciating spiritual expression there mm. are some things and when you i think that there is a deeper education that has to happen musically against um god's administration of music through david and so that you understand the systems of music that were presented in the temple and the expressions uh, that were used based upon ceremony, based upon uh, the, the, the day, if it was a, a, a halal, if it was a great halal, it was a high holy day, all of the above switched the systems of music. So there's a moment that um, uh, at, at, at our particular house of worship, we open up with the, the song of the Lord. We, we sing prophetically, uh, Prophetess Christina, every Sunday that's like that's that's our dna like that's what we do but when we get finished with that and we might sing a, a contemporary worship song and we write and then at the right moment it's like come here sharon and then okay charles move off piano get on the organ and what we need right now we need you to hit a way deep down my soul loves jesus because in orchestrating the move of the, of the spirit remember when we talk about kenaniah in the bible and it says uh he was uh, given to music because he was skillful when you mm -hmm. break that out of english language and then understand the implication about it he was set over the house because he knew how to discern the burden in the house burden not negative word but burden the move yeah. of god yeah. so he knew how to discern where god was in a house and then knew how to, to administer music based upon how god would move and all of this becomes a qualifying moment as to why i cannot once our particular ministry we get all of the the the, the tools and the gifts that god will allow us to have in the house it will reflect everything worship to god and mm. there will be a moment this we're probably always going to open up with the song of the Lord. It's like it, it gets us awakened. It's how we it's how we move. It's how we flow. We're always going to sing that praise and worship song because I realize we got an audience that does listen to Kirk Franklin radio or the river that I want to make sure you can sing something, you know, at the same time, I got some mothers. Let me hit you uh, with. Yes, yes. I need to get you right there. Let's pull you in, get you in on that work and none of it be wrong. I feel right. that that when we look at the biblical presentation of music, we do an injustice to the integrity of our worship and then also the display of our aptitude when we fight styles and genres. It's, it's completely like unnecessary to do. And at the end yeah. of the day, you can't fault a church for their expression of music. Granted, we're not talking about uh something that god and the pastor knows that this needs to be done that we don't know all of that uh, we feel like we do because it might not be our style but we don't know what that is like i said i'm not a fighter in the church i feel like there's enough schisms 
Oh, yeah. I start at, let me respect this church's expression and DNA. And I, to this day, you let somebody, you talk about him, you let somebody hit that verse and it is well. And they sing, uh, my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. Mm. My oh, sin, yeah. not in part, oh, yeah. but the whole has been nailed to his cross. Now I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise. I'm going, well, that's it. That's I'm it. Like, yeah. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> the same way that I'm going to be when God sits on prophetess and she starts singing, the heavens are open and telling us that we're pulling down or we're singing what's happening in the moment. The same way I'm going to be when we say hands up, arms open, wide as the sky. It's yeah. being able to understand the expression of God through worship is not my appetite. Yeah. When worship becomes my appetite, we're in danger huh. because worship mm -hmm. is not my appetite. It's not for you. It's for him. So what is his appetite at that moment? Not your style, wow. his appetite and be able to facilitate that. Don't feed me steak when I want a burger. Don't don't feed me lasagna when I want peanut butter and jelly. So it's like I got to be able to serve him. And the more ways I can serve him is the more dimensions, because there's going to be a release of his spirit that comes with a particular presentation. And when I cannot function within that presentation, I miss that move because that move does not come with the tambourine the move doesn't come that way. It's like I have, as a minister of music, got to know certain things flow with certain veins at certain times. And the best thing you can be is well-versed and well-rounded. And, and as we pull off of this, and, and uh, Brother Mark had an excellent question I want to get to as we close, as we are coming to the end of, of our time. Everything that is spiritually inspired and aligned with what God is saying and doing within the house is not always publicly expressed as if you have to give footnotes to everything God is doing spiritually in the house, especially through the worship leader, the pastor, you just do what you've been assigned. And I think some people are so used to that. Okay, this is God. The reason we're singing this is because God woke me up last night and blah, blah, blah. And suddenly there's this expectation that we're about to experience something awesome, as opposed to just the general expectation of worship, period, however mm -hmm. it flows. And, and so we're looking for those qualifying statements. Oh, we all know if a preacher just says A, B, C, we'll get a certain response. If the preacher says, God told me to tell you A, B, C, <laughs> God woke me out mm -hmm. of my slumber last night to tell you. And so we've got to get off of that, 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 that pre-show fireworks, trumpets, let me blast the trumpet so you'll be impressed with what I say, even if I'm saying and singing ain't much of nothing different than what anybody else would do. But I knew how to pump it and prime it just right to, to get you to get you going. And, and I think that's, again, maturity that will need to balance what what functions as immaturity sometime in the church. And and those of us can, can I go can ahead. I, I'm, Please. If I sometimes in addition. That puts the talent, whether it's you as the pastor uh, or it's the singer as the individual is not to me always, all, not always, sometimes yes, the maturity of the talent, the person in performance. But sometimes uh, 
it is the depth and the spiritual maturity of the audience. Mm -hmm. I try to spend as much time challenging our audience that it's like, what is your definition of what you see in worship that it means I have to do these 10 things for you to see God and think he's here. Hmm. And then when I'm doing them, then it's like, mm-hmm, they just doing all that stuff, doing all that. We doing it because that's the only way that we get you to open up. Yeah, there it is. So that you can get to a point so that you can receive. So this is not based upon how I'm acting. This is based upon your depth and capacity that I've got to, if you came in on a hundred. Come on, sir. There it is. We we could go some places that are great because it's like, wow, like you came in, like prayed up and you came in. I'm now going, come on, somebody. Uh-huh. Why am I doing this? Because your body is in the church, but your spirit is in two Tuesdays ago. Yeah, yeah. On the job or or it's in the two Saturdays ago from the club. And now you've left me having to work through all of that that you were supposed to do before you got to the house. So I'm just I'm trying to take in a sense like the pressure off of everybody and take it back to that team to say, like, there is a collective responsibility when it comes to worship success in the house. Stop killing your pastor. Stop saying that your praise leader didn't sing your song. Stop saying, oh, it's collective. What are you bringing to the fire that helps us burn? If you don't have anything to bring to the fire, then I feel like sit down and eat these peas. And that's listen, just it. Listen, listen. <laughs> that is that is you it. Eat these or peas bring today. something. <laughs> <laughs> or bring something with you that helps us advance. Absolutely. Bring Church. something with you. Did y'all hear that? Did y'all this, hear the word? This is why. This is why this man's music was requested by Bill Clinton. Come on, somebody. Uh-huh. This is why this man's music, come on, what, what, what else I ha- what else I have here was requested. Please, please don't uh, find anything else. <laughs> yeah. Chosen, chosen to represent the nation of Islam for the fast of the tabernacle. Yes, uh, sir. Israel, 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 Israel. Israel. Yeah. yeah, well, hold up, bro. You changed no, the <laughs> nation of Israel. Have the members out here going like, <laughs> bro. But I mean, just I mean, and this is why I can recall one day riding in my car, listening to Ancient of Days, probably the whole entire day, the whole crying in the car. Listen, listen, Ancient of Days is it, that's that song, Doc. That, that, that is that, that song. That song, which, which which brings me to Mark's question, and this will be our final. How does it feel, Mark asks, for God to drop a song in your spirit and your heart, and then watch it bless countless people, thousands of people? How does it feel to hear a song, know it's from God, and then have the privilege of seeing it bless thousands of people right before your eyes? If I'm gonna answer from my personal experience, it's always humbling. Mm. It's always those things humble me. They don't they don't put me in that other zone. I think I get real quiet and humble because I recognize God could have dropped that song on anybody he wanted to in the whole Mm. world at any Mm. time. And I have nothing to say about it. Nothing I could do about it. So I'm happy. It's a wow moment, you know, in my private time, like, wow, God, like, 
who knew? I wrote Ancient of Days, like right when I got out of high school. I was still living in my parents' house and I just sat wow. on it. I didn't think anybody would like it. And one day, as I've told the story before, I needed something to teach to, uh, at praise and worship rehearsal. And so I took that song and we sang it the next day. And it was like, whoa, like what just happened off of this song? And so it blesses me, it blesses me that way that I'm, I'm humbled that God would sing that melody into my spirit or give me those, those lyrics because I recognize he can breathe that into anybody he wants. Wow. So I wanna treat that in such a way that he'll feel comfortable and that he can trust me to breathe more into me. That, that's, that, that's, that's heartfelt. And I think that that's something Pastor Jeff and I have talked about at length is that for many of us, when you do see yourselves being used as a vessel, you see the great impact, the assumption that it builds arrogance is often the opposite of what a true minister feels. Actually, that affirmation lowers us. And there are people who might feel like, oh, you think you are that because you performed here, performed there, your name is on this. And you're like, actually, that has made me more aware of what I am not and what I could not right. do on my own. I, I, I'm having that right. that moment uh, where the prophet says, now that I'm in the Lord's presence, I know I'm not worthy. I, I know I'm a person mm -hmm. of unclean lips. Everybody around me is jacked up, right. you know? And mm -hmm. that I think is something I've talked about so frequently that, that adulation and all of that uh, doesn't hold a candle to spiritual affirmation from the Lord himself. Yeah. And it, it humbles and brings Absolutely. us down. And, and I mean, that's, I think the crux of, of true worship is humbling and lowering oneself in the presence of God so that he might elevate his glory among us, that the world might see and experience it. And Pastor Darren, you have done just that as an inspiration to us near and far and uh, continuing to be that vessel and continuing to be that, that uh, figure in the lives of, of so many. Uh, we want everybody to give it up for Pastor Darren right now, for Come Apostle on. Darren Thomas. Give us the hearts, some likes. Give us the hearts, the All likes, the claps, you know, ev everything you got. Uh, give it up for Pastor Darren Thomas. We thank you so much for being thank with you. us and, and for answering and tackling these worship and ministry questions. The trouble with transition, uh, changing, rearranging, reviving, understanding your DNA. Yeah, uh, life isn't discovered; it's revealed. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm stealing several of your quotes. I'm um, gonna tell the church that the Lord <laughs> gave me these words. Uh, <laughs> tell the church I was in my studies. I was in my right. studies, and he and the he spirit was speaking spirit. to me. <laughs> tell the oh, I people. gotta tell you before I leave. Before I yes, go, sir. I gotta tell you, I am a fan of black boys read and i gotta oh, tell you, you i thank salute you. you on that when i tell you I, I i love that every time i look for it to come up on the timeline because that's one of those things that it's a hero and it might not be on a, a huge stage and everything but when you look at that i'm like now that's mature that's hero right there 
So I, I respect you, that man. and I celebrate that. That's awesome. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. We have some of our Black Boys Reads parents. Jeff's son is a part with my boys. And uh, Excellent. Cool, cool. uh grandson is on, one of our viewers. So everybody loves Black Boys Read. But, but we love it. We love it. We love it. What we're going to do is bring in Big Mike real quick. He always wraps us up. I'm going to do one last ad uh, to thank our sponsors. I'll do one last ad. And uh, then we'll bring Big Mike in uh, to, to clear us up and remind us of whatever we might have missed. Uh, let me get this, pull this up, because you know I didn't come prepared because Evermean actually was ready. Uh, our final sponsor is again from the Phillips Care family of businesses. They are the new owners of High Street Fitness, Phillips Care Training, and Jeff says it best, when he rides by Mike Phillip doing training at the park, he starts sweating in his car. <laughs> but they are the new owners of High Street Fitness at 277 South High Street in Cortland. We boost up the Phillips brothers so much because they are a gym in the city of Warren and in the black community. We really love the Phillips family. And uh, they are the descendants and the sons of Greater Apostolic Faith Church. Uh, here in Warren, and just to see all the wonderful entrepreneurial endeavors they have undertaken, support Phillips Care Training and High Street Fitness. I always say they have some kind of special going on. We've been calling it the Halloween, get your body right for Halloween special. So you can eat some candy. <laughs> you can fit that suit. <laughs> so you can fit that, that Spider-Man suit. Panther suit. Yeah, what's the, what's the, it's going to be Black Widow this year. So all you ladies that want to wear the Black Widow, I, we want to, uh, we want you to be a Black Widow. Okay, let me stop. I'm going to dial it back like, uh, I'm going to dial it back like Pastor Darren taught me to. Uh, but we want y'all to check out High Street Fitness. Call them, Mike, at 330-984-7632. And please support our sponsors, the Phillips Care family of businesses. And if you'd like to be a sponsor, we welcome you. We welcome you. Big Mike, what up, what up, what up? What up, fellas? What up, what up? Pastor Darren, oh, my God, you blessed me so much tonight, man. You blessed me God so much. Yeah, yeah. First, I want to say uh, I'm real embarrassed of my backdrop right now, but I'm going <laughs> to... I'm in the process of moving, but I'm going to get it together to, to look more like Pastor Dad's here in the world. You in the uh, baby boy house. You in the baby boy house. <laughs> right, right. I'm in the process of moving. So, you know, forgive me. Stuff is all over the place. Um, question for you, Pastor Darren. Um, for how can I put this? I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> but for music ministries who are capable, how important is it to write and sing? original material yeah. or is it not important or do you think it's important it should be done or what are your feelings on that yeah. uh, i think it's very important there's there's something that god taught us when he set lucifer over the musical application of what would be the universe like heaven and and earth before the fall of course and that is Whenever God establishes a house, he equips it with the sound that empowers it. Mm. So what happens is when, when a, a church is established, a house of worship, God gives that house a sound that will empower it. What we uh, all, though, and especially those who can do it now, have to be committed to is singing the, the, the sound of the house, if you will. And that is taking, um, whether it's messages, the songs that, that I wrote from K 
Calvary were, were a lot of them were inspirations from what is happening at the church. I remember we sang a song uh, that we actually did, like Bishop was preaching and he kept saying this one word during a fast. I got the praise team, went downstairs, got the musicians. I was like, listen, this is what I'm hearing. We're getting ready to sing this. When we go upstairs, I'm like, make you a cue card or whatever. They'll know that we don't know it yet, but we're gonna sing this in the house right now and release this because this is just what he said prophetically. So let's mm -hmm. put this music behind it and carry it to the next dimension. So I think that that it is important as much, especially if you have the ability to do it, that you you sing what empowers the house because then what happens mm -hmm. if I go, and I know I'm like moving, missing this time up, but. I'm just saying what will happen is, and this this is when I was uh, talking of the uh, telling off of uh, Pastor Todd's uh, comments and those things. This is what happens in those moments is I hear uh, another house's sound of worship. And then I want to duplicate that to my house. And sometimes what I got to understand, there are songs that are given to mainstream and like, hey, we sing this. Hey, we sing that. But in all actuality, a lot of it, we are seeing what those minstrels are writing for their house. Mm -hmm. And then just because that was the move of God in their house, we got to understand they sang the sound of their house, their which house. is why they got that move. When I bring that sound into my house, we can have a great worship time, but it does not always just mean that I'm gonna duplicate that move because I gotta take that into account. They were singing what happened in their house at that moment, that prophetic song rose up. It wasn't even a song then, it was a prophetic song. And then mm -hmm. now it's become verse, verse, this, that, right. but right. that was Structure. a move of God. So musicians, again, we have, if you have songwriters, if you have musicians, you'll do yourself a service to write when your pastor is preaching. Listen to, mm -hmm. listen to where God is at the moment and embellish That's what that. I used to do. Right. That's what I used yeah, to do. Create yeah. that, create yeah. those Elisha minstrel moments yeah. and embellish that so that it will bless the house and uh, advance what he wants to do there. So I'll, I'll stop there. Love it. Right, Love right. it. Love good, it. Good. Real good. Real good. Yeah. You know. Um, I remember I, I grew up coaching Friday night, mm -hmm. pastoral night. The preacher was preaching about his mercy endureth forever. We wrote the song on Saturday. No, we wrote the song Friday night. We taught it on Saturday, sang it on Sunday. And it was one of those moments. It was just one of those moments. So I understand exactly mm -hmm. what you're saying. Right, um, right, right. Yeah. Um, real quick, real quick. Uh, you were talking earlier about uh, fighting sounds and genres. And uh, you were saying how, you know, when you're up, you know, you don't rely on just the praise team. There might be a mother in the third row or a deacon in this role. You know, they kind of bring them up to kind of switch up a little bit. Um, our, uh, the story, my grandmother, uh, Sarah Lampley from Alabama. So the choir was up singing. They were singing one of the modern songs. It really didn't go over too well. And she got up and she sang one of those call and response songs. It was called Peter feed my sheep real basic wasn't a whole lot of words mm -hmm. and the church went up i mean the drum seemed to drop in the pocket johnny austin was mm -hmm. hitting the chords just right and it was it, it was just crazy from there 
So yeah, I, I just wanted to share that story with you. Yeah, kind of absolutely. I saw absolutely. what you were saying earlier, but that's all I have, man. Again, Pastor Darren, thanks for coming on so much, man. Really appreciate. I, I enjoy. It. I enjoy it for and you uh, really, the opportunity. really blessed. Really, really blessed, man. That's all I thank have, you, fellas. Thank you. Man, hey, Kobe plays everybody. for the Celtics. Kobe plays. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget that. He Kobe said he didn't have Celtics. a sense of humor. He playing. He playing. Pastor <laughs> Jeff, you want to say anything before we before we conk out? Yeah, it's just phenomenal, man. We thank you again, man. Really appreciate you. And uh, just let us know when that music that that new music drop, man. Let us know when it drops. Oh, we so will we, share. We will share. share. We share. We share. I appreciate and, and Saints, it. Saints, Saints, you can scratch out the soul. You can scratch out the soul. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the sacred. If it ain't about little baby Jesus, I don't want it. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, That's good. It's That's been good, a blast. We have some wonderful shows uh plan coming up so please be sure to like and follow us on facebook instagram twitter and of course youtube we broadcast every sunday night except for holidays or if jeff uh has another sickness attack when i have to buy the guest uh host but at 9 p.m every sunday night we have a great time we love discussions like this and we thank you for the insight again, Pastor Darren. If you just stay on for one second after we play this outro, we just want to thank you privately and uh, just, you know, debrief right quick. To everybody watching, we love all of you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for liking, sharing, and tagging and commenting. We appreciate you. That's all I got. I got to go do some homework. So y'all have a great week. Let God bless you real good. Take us out, Big Mike. Also, check out our audio. Yeah, check out our audio. We're on 20 platforms. platforms. 20 of them. That's it. All right. Peace, y'all. See you next week.